Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, welcome to Tuesday. It's Topic Tuesday. We've got a cool topic coming up for you. I'll let AJ introduce that in a little bit. Don't forget to check out theologyofgames.com for all things related to board games daily. You can find us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the uh, even the snaps, <laughs> which will get running at some point. But you can follow us there. Of course, at Board Games Daily is the big Twitter handle for the show. And uh, what else do we have today? We've got uh, a few things. We had a, a game night last night. Scott's got his coming up, so I'm sure he'll talk about that. Uh, we'll be talking about this topic as we get into that, which is overrated games. We talked about underrated games last week. We're talking about overrated games this week and much much more so stay tuned here for board games daily powered by theology of games tower of madness the latest from smirk and dagger games will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror slip into insanity or bring about the end of the world a three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall Filled with marbles, 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. All right, welcome to Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in. On the line, I've got a very special guest with me, Mr. Michael Coe of Gameland Games. Michael, how's it going, Michael? Oh, it's awesome. Thank you very much. Very, very cool. All right, so you are in the middle of a very cool campaign for Tiny Epic Meeples. Or (laughs) Tiny Epic Meeples. Pretty much. Pretty much. They're Epic Meeples that are mechs, right? They're... Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that that's that wasn't a bad Freudian slip, but yeah, tiny epic mechs on T- Kickstarter now. Very cool. All right, so I'm going to ask you three questions. What's first of all? Let's start with Gameland Games. What's one thing we should know about Gameland Games? We love board games. We love our customers, uh, and we don't want to put out something that's not uh, going to do something good to progress the industry like the hobby and stuff so um, we spend a lot of time with our games we're not a company that puts out 30 games a year and sees what sticks we, we put out maybe like two games a year and, and an expansion so everything that we put out we, we spend a lot of time making it as nice as we can um, and we like to focus on small box affordability now granted we've gone completely against that with one of our games Heroes <laughs> yes. of Land, Air and Sea which, which maybe was just like, kind of like teenage angst. It was like this rage against the machine <laughs> that just kind of like bursted out of all of us. But apart from that, uh, we focus on the tiny Epic series, uh, which is great for traveling, very affordable, but they're not filler games. They are full robust games 
just in a small box. I would I would vouch for that statement. I I love all of the ones that I've played. They're they're all great, and uh, they are very robust experience. But it's in a nice little small box that's easy to carry around with you. All right. So next question is: What's one thing we should know about Tiny Epic Mechs? Uh, uh, action programming. Action program. All right. So if you're into action if programming, I'm limited to just one thing. All right. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> that's the one thing you want to know. Very cool. And then lastly, what's one thing we should know about Michael Co? Uh, um, one, I'm not that simple, Jeremiah. <laughs> All right. You're a complex uh, person. <laughs> I'm, I'm very complex. I'm supposed to narrow this all down to one thing. Uh, um, one thing, just I'm, I'm loving life, man. I love being in this industry. I love making games. I'm happy. Awesome. I love it. You should be happy. If you're making games and you're an unhappy person, you are making <laughs> a mistake somewhere. Right? That doesn't even sound right. It doesn't. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks. I'm going to turn you loose. Thanks so much. Uh, people can find you, GameLineGames.com. Just shoot us that that info real quick. Yeah, GameLineGames.com, Facebook, slash GameLineGames, GameLine underscore games on Twitter. Uh, if you Google Tiny Epic or Google GameLineGames, uh, you'll have no problem finding us. Very cool. And we just did a full big interview over on That's How I Roll. That's going up uh, live as of Wednesday, September 19th. So you can check that out there. We talk about more about Tiny Epic Mechs and Zombies and all things Gamelin and more. So tune into that. Michael, thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey there, everybody. This is AJ Skifstad. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. Uh, I talked about my Monday night game night and uh, what I was hoping to get to the table. And most of those titles, I did get to the table. Uh, the first game we played was High Society. High Society was absolutely uh, just a wonderful way to start the game night. We actually started with Dice Forge while we waited for Jeremiah to arrive. And Dice Forge was, um, was really, really good, especially because I won. Uh, but it's just a nice, easy way to start the game night or end the game night. And then when Jeremiah arrived, we played um, some High Society and you've heard me talk about High Society a lot now. I just think it's a really beautiful game, and it's really, really quick to play. And I don't know. I just like it because I like the bidding aspect of it. I like trying to outthink the other players, try and remember what they have in their hand, what they've played, what they haven't played, how much money they have left, uh, what the possibilities are of cards coming out, what the possibilities are of the game ending early. Um, it's just It's got a lot of stuff going on with just a very easy mechanic, which is just bid on a card or bid not to take a card if it's a bad one. So I love it. I really, really enjoy that game. And I hope you guys take a look at High Society by Osprey Games, uh, designed by Reiner Knizia. And so that was a good one. Then we played a new game, 
uh, which I mentioned yesterday, called Railroad Rivals. And I didn't have a lot of details on this game then, but I do now. One of my favorite aspects of Railroad Rivals was the components. I love these tiles. Basically what you're doing in this game is you're going to be placing out city tiles that have stocks in between them. So you want to connect up stocks so that you can pass goods through these routes uh, in order to go up on the stock market track. And you're going to be drafting stock seats round two. Every time the stock goes up, it increases in price and value and points for the end of the game. So you want to keep delivering goods across these routes. So the way you place your city is based upon uh, what, what stock routes connect. And so I love the city tiles, like I said, because the cities all have an original picture of what the skyline would have looked like in the 1920s, the late 1920s of these cities. And so it's really cool to see uh, all these pictures of Cincinnati and Cleveland, and I'm saying cities around us, uh, Houston, Boston, uh, Chicago, New York. You get to see all these skylines, and it's just really, really neat the way that they come out and they connect up. And then you, uh, you simply are transferring goods from one location to another. You get to transfer one good per turn, which causes one of the stocks to go up. On your turn, you're going to be drafting a city tile and you're going to be drafting a stock tile. You already have a hand of two city tiles to begin the game with, so you do not have to play. Uh, you do not have to play the city tile that you draft on your turn. You can play one of the ones you already had. So you always have three to choose from at least. But basically that's what you're doing over several rounds. You're going to be drafting a city tile and a stock tile. Hopefully your stocks are going up as you're moving goods. You get uh, you get a few points for, for delivering your goods, uh, but the main mechanism in which you're going to gain points at the end of the game is by having lots of stock in a company that has gone up increasingly over time. Have stock in several companies uh, and, and have them go up on the track, and you're going to do real well as, uh, also. So I had a great time playing Railroad Rivals. Really like this game. Uh, let me see if I can remember who it's by. I, I mentioned it yesterday. And let's think. Can't remember right now. Can't remember. Uh, but it was a really good game. Enjoyed that. And then we got Blood Rage to the table with its new application that teaches you how to play the game. Um, I'm not going to say too much about Blood Rage uh, because I'm going to talk about it in, in Topic Tuesday in a minute. But um, we had fun playing Blood Rage. I'll say that much. And then we finally finished the night with Tower of Madness, which we've been talking about a lot. Uh, we got that game from Smirk and Dagger Games. And uh, if you don't know about it, it's if you don't know about it, go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes um, talking about Tower of Madness. Really nice, fun game. Way to, it's a great way to end the night. It's kind of like it's kind of like Dice Forge in the weight level, and it's just nice and easy, and it's fun. And you don't have to invest too much other than just having fun. So uh, that's how we ended our game night. It was a great game night. We were there till 2 a.m. So I don't know how I'm going to get through teaching today, but I'll try. Uh, that's it for now. Check you later. It is Topic Tuesday, and if you tuned in last week, you know we talked about games that we picked up on a whim, or maybe uh, maybe a friend suggested to us, but we didn't know much about, and then it ended up exceeding any expectations we might have had, or just 
was awesome if we didn't have any expectations at all. And I think I mentioned that Citadels, uh, which is a Bruno Paduti game, um, and it was originally by Fantasy Flight back then, part of their Silverline series. That was the game I picked up for 20 bucks. Didn't know much about it, but I wanted uh, I, I wanted a, a game that was just cheap and something to add to my collection uh, for when we had game nights. And I played this game, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it, it was just great. <clears throat> I really loved it. And so that was a game for me. I didn't know much about, didn't have many expectations, just picked it up. And boy, did it blow my mind. May not have been the best game in the world, uh, but that was uh, the case for me that it was a really, really good game to add to my collection. And uh, so that's what we talked about last week. This week, I want to talk about kind of the opposite. Maybe a game in your collection that uh, was hyped up and you might like a lot, but it really just didn't meet every expectation you had, especially considering the hype. So Let me rephrase it. I want to talk about games that have been hyped by the gaming industry and maybe did not meet your expectations. Not to mean they're not as good as everybody says they are. Just means they didn't meet your expectations. I think of games that come to mind uh, are games released within the last three to four years. And I'm going to name a few here. I'm not going to say that they didn't live up to their expectations. I'm just going to say these are really super hyped games. Games like Blood Rage, uh, which we played um, the other night. Games like Scythe. Games like Gloomhaven. Uh, Pandemic Legacy. Feast for Odin. Clans of Caledonia. Charterstone. These are all games that have come out. They've come out recently, and you just hear a huge, huge hype about them. It's like, it's almost a sin if you don't have some of these games in your collection, because that's how big they are. And... Did these games meet your expectation, and or did they not? That's what we're talking about today. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk about specifically not. So uh, we played Blood Rage last night, and I had a lot of fun. This was the first time I played it. I I'm not like I said the other day. I'm not. I don't jump on the bandwagon usually with games that are hot unless I do a lot of research and I'm really convinced my convinced myself that it's gonna be good. Um, so we played Blood Rage. I played it for the first time. I had played a demo of it at Origins probably two years ago, and I liked it then. I liked it the other night, especially because I won. Um, I always mention that, of course. Um, but I just felt like, for me, it was a good game. It was solid. Components were fantastic. Uh, but it wasn't a game that I... Like, I came away from it, and I just thought... I don't know. I don't know when I want to play that again. I'm not sure that I, I want to play it anytime soon. Uh, we did play it with a companion app that kind of uh, walked us through the game. It was a tutorial, so we were trying that out to review. But to me, I just feel like, um, you know, it was a really good game. It was a really good game. It didn't quite meet the expectations I had for it, considering how hyped up everyone was about it two years ago, and um, I certainly can't see why you would need expansions for this game. The five-player expansion would make things super messy. I'm not sure what the other expansions add. More cards, more devastating things to do to each other. Too much take that for me. For me, not my type of game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really good game. Solid. Nothing wrong with the gameplay itself. Uh, just not my type of game, and it really didn't live up to the hype that other people 
uh, gave it, in my opinion. Another one for me, uh, which I own, and I really, really like this game. I do like it a lot. I'm not going to get rid of it. It's going to stay in my collection, but it doesn't live up to the hype that people gave it, uh, is Scythe. Scythe, again, I wasn't, I did not jump on the bandwagon with this game. I actually picked it up for the first time at Origins this past year and um, had it for like 50 bucks. And so I was super thrilled about that. I thought, I can get this game at this price level, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get this game entering at the $80 price level, uh, which is what it was at the time that it released. Now it's like you can get it for 60, 70 bucks, depending. Uh, I like the game a lot. I've had a lot of fun with it. I played it probably five or six times now. I've played it with three players. I've played it with four players. I've played it with five players. And I've even played it with six players. Um, I like it. I think it's great. I like that there's not so much take that in there. The battle element is there. You don't have to battle. It's not imperative that you battle. Um, I like that you're expanding uh, your territory. Um, I like that you're managing your resources, but I really like that you're managing your player boards and upgrading your society and your culture as you just expand your empire. I really enjoy it, but, but I just felt like, again, I felt like there are games that I've had in my collection for years that I think are way better than this game. I, I just think far superior to this game. Now, maybe the hype is about the components. Maybe it's about the artwork. Maybe it's about the theme. And that maybe it's just me that that theme doesn't speak to me. The, uh, I don't know, the futuristic, apocalyptic, uh, or there's been some sort of dystopia type thing happening. I don't know. That's not my theme necessarily. I enjoy it. But maybe, maybe that's what the hype was about. Maybe the hype was about the mechs. I don't know. The gameplay is certainly really good. I enjoy it. But again, it's just I think there are way better games out there. This game's going to stay in my collection because I like it enough. But again, didn't meet my expectations for the hype it got uh, by hobby gamers. So that's enough for me. I've talked way too long, but that's my two cents on the topic. What games are hyped up but did not quite meet your expectations? Let's hear from you. I know we'll be hearing from Scott and Jeremiah. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So AJ uh, started a topic this morning about games that were overhyped and didn't live up to that hype. And he said specifically, specifically ones that you maybe added to your collection and then found out later, oh, this wasn't quite worth the hype. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game, but your expectations were just so high of this amazing game and what you had heard about it. And then uh, those expectations are dashed. So one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is Seven Wonders. I had not played it yet. I found a really cheap copy somewhere. I can't remember where. And brought it home and I thought, oh, this will be a great drafting game. And it'll be a good way to introduce drafting to people. And um, it does that. And I totally see why it's non-gamer friendly and why it's so popular. But for me, it just is lacking something. I, I can't even articulate what it is. But every time I get done with it, I go, that was fine. But I, I don't know that I had fun playing it. 
and it's, it's totally subjective. I know that, and you know, like I said, I can't articulate it, so it's super unhelpful for me to say that. But I just seven wonders as I played it and went, okay, well, that's on the trade pile now, and it's gone. Um, another one that was like that was Euphoria. I was super excited about playing this from Stonemaier Games. The the aesthetic was just amazing. The cool retro 50s, 60s kind of vibe. It was so great. The artwork was great. The components were terrific. I was amazingly excited for this game and amazingly let down by this game. It is probably the worst Stonemaier game I've played by a long shot. And I think part of why it was it's such a disappointment is because I had hyped it so much based on the aesthetic and everything and it's just it's so not a good game unfortunately another one and this one really hurts is the thing we got a review copy of the thing and we we sought it out it it, it wasn't just that they approached us we sought them out and I was super excited about this I love the movie I love the idea we love hidden traitor games and social deduction so I thought oh this is going to be just fantastic and we played a couple times in the game group and everyone just kind of went that's it and then at one point somebody said wait a second there's no incentive ever in this entire game for me as a bad guy to play as a bad guy ever and so that was in the first game and so we tried it in the second game and sure enough like there's, there's no reason that the bad guy ever plays as a bad guy in any aspect, in any form, in any way. And then they're almost certainly guaranteed to, to uh, make it onto the helicopter and kill everybody. It's just... <laughs> I wanted that game to be so good, and it's not. I hate to say that, but the thing is not a good game. Others that came close to making it into the collection, and this kind of breaks uh, AJ's rule here, but I'm going to still talk about him. Uh, Scythe, it's another Stonemaier game. I don't think that's a bad game. I just don't think it's quite as great as everyone talks about um, or makes it out to be. I, I don't I don't understand why people love this game so much. It's a good game. I, I would play that game. But a couple times at game nights, or one, we had a board game day one time at a guy's house, and they were like, hey, we're going to play a six-player game of Scythe. And I just thought they were insane. And sure enough, I mean, it just took hours and hours and hours and that game is not fun enough to warrant playing hours and hours and hours in my opinion it is a good game i'm not bashing scythe i just don't think it's worth the hype same thing for blood rage it's a solid game that is only hyped up because of those amazing and admittedly amazing gorgeous miniatures it other than that this is a euro game with some, you know, take that and um, aggressive area control elements. And if it didn't have those minis, it would just be a really solid Euro. But because of those minis, it's it's some other level and it's twice as expensive as it should be and all these other things. And then maybe the worst one is I was actively looking to get this game. I bought um, promos for it. I was preparing myself to get this game. It was dead of winter. I was all set to get it. I'd almost pulled the trigger and then one night somebody brought it to game night and I played it and I thought, I don't know if I like that or not. It seems like it's pretty fun. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I don't know that it's actually that good. And we played it probably two or three more times after that, Dead of Winter. And 
um, that's when I was able to determine, no, this is a game that I want to be fun, that seems like it should be fun, has a lot of thematic elements, storytelling elements that I normally love, those, um, oh shoot, what are those cards called? Crossroads cards. Yeah, those were great. They didn't trigger that much, and they're kind of, they, they don't always fit what's happening in the game, but I, I still thought it was bold, and I, I liked the choice, but all it came down to is rolling the dice. Like, you move over here and roll your dice and hope, and then you move over here and roll your dice and hope. And it was all about dice rolling and hoping, and I just thought, oh, there aren't decisions to be made here. This is boring, and it is trivially easy for the bad guy to doom this game. So if you are the hidden traitor, happen to be that in Dead of Winter, you go you because you are going to win this game. <laughs> anyway, that took way too long but those are my games that I just feel were overhyped and uh disappointing to me and and that I actually had added to my collection and then played them and went oh that's now in the trade pile so let us know what your games are that fit that description it doesn't mean they're a bad game they just the hype was so much that they they just couldn't live up to that hype let us know keep the conversation going have a great day everyone bye All right, so I'm going to weigh in on this overrated game situation. And there's a lot of them out there. Uh, I'm trying to think. So I I know AJ talked about Scythe, which, uh, I, again, I agree. You know, there was a lot of hype around that game. And it's not a bad game. It's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. But, uh, you know, people touting it as the best game in the world and best game ever. I would say let's pump the brakes on that. But I will talk about, I think AJ mentioned it, this one as well. Uh, we just played Blood Rage for the first time. So again, outside of the hype when it hit, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of experience it. Now we had this cool app that taught us the game. We'll talk about that in a future episode. But it's a very interactive app that steps you through the game and how you play it. It's wonderful. It's really, really good. And I, so I really, I felt like we experienced the game. It wasn't like, oh, let's try to learn this game and we'll fumble through and look at the rules a million times. Uh, it was very concise and we played the game. So I feel like what we played represented the game really, really well. And now, listen, I'm out there on Facebook. I'm in these groups. I hear people saying, you know, Blood Rage is the best game game of the year best game ever it's my favorite game i love it blah 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 i get it you know i i understand like people get they get hooked on a game and they love it and there's a lot to like about blood rage it's it's fun it's very player interactive like you have to keep the the downtime that you have there is downtime we played four players but you're you're paying attention because there's pillaging going on you can get in on that you can try to stop people from doing stuff. Uh, there's lots of conflict in the game. But, uh, you know, and also to say Eric Lang is a great designer. He doesn't make terrible games. There, This is a very good game. It's very solid. Uh, but let's just slow the roll on the hype, you know. it's It's good, and it should be in your collection. I think if you like miniature games, if you like games that are area control and conflict and things like that, it plays really clean. It moves really well. 
But let's, I, I don't know that I would go crazy like, oh, this is the best game ever. Like, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. But I'm not, uh, I, I'm not swallowing the hype. I'm not, I'm not believing the hype on it that it's the best game ever. There's, there's games that I, I'm sure uh, I will enjoy more that will be released soon. And there are games that I would, I would much rather play, you know, uh, in, instead of this one. But uh, like I said, it's a good game. I'm not dogging it at all, but it's uh, let's let's just slow that hype train down a bit. Anyway, uh, like I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, th- so that's my thoughts on it. Let me know what you think. Do you believe do you agree with me that uh, maybe there's just a little too much hype around Blood Rage or do you think it truly is the best game <laughs> ever? Let me know. Use the voice message feature here on Anchor. Or you can always tweet at us at Theology of Games or at Board Games Daily. I'm Jeremiah Isley. Come back for more here just a little bit here on Board Games Daily. Okay, that's going to do it for yet another episode of Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And hey, did you hear that little interview with Michael Coe? That's right. You can tune in tomorrow on That's How I Roll to hear a full interview with him. And of course, we're running that Patreon campaign contest for a copy of Tower of Madness. Stay tuned for the review of that on the site. And we would always love it when you share the show, when you rate us and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and Google and Spotify and wherever you're listening. All of those things are so, so helpful. And don't forget, if you go to theologyofgames.com slash BGD for Board Games Daily, you can fill out a little form there and you can be a part of the show. You can tell us, hey, I think you're totally wrong. I think Blood Rage is great and it's the best thing ever. And sliced bread should bow down to the amazingness of Blood Rage. <laughs> you can do that. Uh, but go ahead and, and uh, use that form there to fill it out and be a part of the show. We'll read it on air. Or if you are listening on Anchor, you can, of course, use the voice message feature and we will play your very message on the air. So there it is. It's another day in the books here on Board Games Daily. For my co-hosts, Scott Firestone and AJ Skiftad, I'm Jeremiah Isley saying until tomorrow, you could play Blood Rage, but just at least play a game. All right, we'll see you. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.